Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018, is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant, NGW and an NWA World title defense by Nick Aldis taped for £10 of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchamania, myself and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to this special WrestleMania weekend edition of Wrestle Ramble. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined. Hello, Swap Nation. A happy WrestleMania day to one and all, especially to you, Oliver Aww. Davis. How the devil are you? What did you get me? Um, well, you got yourself a shiny new haircut. I did. You want to jump straight into the haircut? <laughs> well, I mean, what else is there to talk about? It's the elephant in the room, man. Well, it's Which weird. is really great for an audio format. Yeah. It's weird that we... Because uh, we've just spoken about NXT. What what a card. Five excellent matches. Well, four excellent matches. Uh, and and But we've spoken about it. But this is going to be at the start. Mm-hmm of the show and now I'm a bit tired I'm very tired I was exhausted recording that I mean uh, as you'll hear in the show ladies and gentlemen I watched this show live by accident I'll explain how when we get into the actual show and I'm going to watch Wrestlemania live tonight as well I'm going to my friend's house and then I'm coming straight to the studio afterwards I'm going to be here at like 6am how are you going to get in the oh, the tube will be running by then. Just yeah, so. yeah, I forgot. You live in London, right? Yeah, I just, uh, I, I, in my head it was finishing at 3am, but then that's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't say. it? Why would it finish? 
then when it's 20 hours long exactly it starts at 10 p.m tonight and it ends at 5 a.m the following morning well i am still not wrestled out if anything i'm more excited for wrestling well i was gonna say i'm going i'm gonna leave here once we finish recording this i'm gonna edit the podcast and i'm gonna try and watch supercard of honor you dandy i know and Um, try and watch uh, some more evolved as well i don't think i've even seen the results for them oh no i've seen one result i won't go i've i've um i've stayed away from it because i'm gonna try and watch it tonight so yes my haircut Mm. i uh i finally decided to stop going to the the turkish barbers we we, it was a good it was a brief love affair and they're dodgy dvds yeah they're bad dvds and well it's youtube streams yeah what the hell were they thinking uh and it just it wasn't good it, it was, I was, I was resenting everything about being in there. How did you break up with them? Because you told me that you have like just a a, con, a, a concurrent booking. Is that one uh, booking? No, one no, no, no. That's just for my personal. Oh, Ollie, you should get a haircut now. My oh, I see. Me. I thought it was like you blocked booked yourself no, in. No, no, no. I did have a loyalty card. I waited till I got the free haircut. Right, and, that, and then I was like, so. I've gone to a swanky one mm. called Rocket Barbers. Sounds like I'm being sponsored by them. <laughs> it's over double the price Whoa. for a haircut. How much do you pay now? Uh, £21. <sighs> Mate. Before it was 10 And I got a free haircut every 10 So effectively it's £9 mm-hmm. that works out as a haircut. And um, yeah, 90 minutes I waited. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. My phone died. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> When was that? Ha- when does that happen? Oh, oh dearie me, that's not what you want at all. No, I was so just like in this this vortex of boredom. Oh god, but I didn't move. Like it's not like I was being held there against my will. I could have walked out at any time. Yeah, but I just like I'm just gonna do it. I've got, I've got to do it now. But damn these people! Ugh. But it's totally my fault for going on a Saturday. Yeah, no, I'll absolutely. I mean, not, my barbers used to operate on the <laughs> like you just walk in if there's a spot free, you could do it. But then they moved to. You have to book an appointment now. Yeah. But that's good because I can book an appointment with the guy that oh, I want. Oh, much better, yeah. So I, I've got my guy now who cuts my hair. And I really like his, although someone else cut my hair last time. He was also very good. But uh, I can only pay him in cash. Mm. And therefore I can't get a receipt, which means I can't claim it back. Weird. Uh, so I, you can get a receipt from cash, can't you? Just say, write me out one. Yeah, no, but I get really like, anxious about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I go in there, finally... I get seen. Not their fault. It sounds like I'm having a go. It's my fault. I'm, go- I'm not going to go on a Saturday ever again. And uh, I, I sit down. He's like, so it's this guy with a huge twirly moustache. Lovely stuff. Such a hipster. You know you're in the right place. Excited sort of South American, maybe Spanish. Something Latino based. Uh, very excitable. Very tattooed. Mm-hmm. Wearing a vest. Wasn't vest weather. <laughs> Loud music as yep. well. What kind of music? I don't know. Gay electro, like <laughs> I think it was just like thumping gay club electro music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, I mean, nineteen minutes. That was, oh, jeez. That's almost but anyway. It's like it's half the time uh, of a something to wrestle episode. Mm. I could have listened to a something <laughs> to wrestle with episode, and I sit down. And he goes, "What do you usually have, my man?" And I'm like, "Well, usually I have." A three on the sides, leave it a bit long on top, leave those bits long because of my hairline, and I sort of comb it over to the side with a bit of a quiff. But I've been watching Queer Eye for a straight guy. You certainly have. And that, this is what I told him. And I said, I want, what, what do you think I should do? I want you to be the hairdresser 
for, for my I didn't say I want you to be my queer eye I was going to say we should, he might not have been gay that did sound like you were trying to insinuate yeah. that he was and uh, he, he was like okay okay and he got so excited I was like, I'm gonna, okay, we could, we could bring it in even more. We got number two on the side. You normally have number three. And I was like, yeah, okay, I could go with it for number two. Yeah. And I was already a bit nervous that we were deviating from the norm. And he said, oh, yeah, number two. Well, maybe even number one. Whoa. And I was like, oh, wait a second, mate. Baby steps. And he was like, okay, okay, number two. He must have seen how scared I got. And he went, oh, oh my God, there's something else we could do. I could shave in a party. And I was like, what what does that mean? I, so I part your hair and I shave shave a line down your head, and I was like, um, and I my the color must have drained from my face because was like, oh oh my god, it's so small, it, <laughs> it is it is so small, you won't even see it. It looks really good, makes it look really neat. And I was like, you are good at accents. That, that are you being sincere? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I was like, I, 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 I'm going to trust you, man. I'm going to trust you. I can, and in my head, I'm thinking I can comb it over or something. I don't really have to do a proper on-camera thing until Monday, so there's time mm-hmm. for it to grow out. And he gets a, a cutthroat razor. He parts my hair on the side. Can you see it there? Maybe you can't. Uh, is, oh no! And it's, let me. Can you not? He's like no. I, it's hard for me to see. I don't think he's done anything. He has done it because it was so defined yesterday. No, I think you're okay, man. I don't. No, I don't no, no, no. It's, it looks great. So <laughs> where, where where the parting is? Oh, I sort of see now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. So he has actually shaved a tiny millimeter thing. Now I could feel him scraping my head very slightly, and apparently that's where the you that's where you make the parting now. It makes it super defined. Interesting. And usually, I I get out of a hairdresser's and I'm like, can't wait to wash my hair because this looks crap. And they've usually spiked it up into a Mohican, something I expressly tell them not to do. <laughs> they do it anyway. <laughs> get a faux hawk. Yeah. And uh, but I walked out of this one being like, hot damn! I never want to touch my hair again. This is how I want it. But uh, I had to wash it because I was there was loads of hair on me. Yeah, my barbers is very much like that. They're very good at like sorting out my comb over so it looks yes. so natural yeah like, i don't think i quite nail the comb over as good as they do but i don't need like that line because i get 0.5 on mm. the side when i get my my hair cuts up to the line that i can then sort of swoop over you go 0.5 on the side yeah I go 0.5 Damn, when I get man. A cut. there was a bit in the haircut because it went through went through layers mm. went through me being really nervous to me being oh, okay this looks good oh my god what's just happened okay we're back again uh, and there was a bit in there where i was like I've got Luke's haircut. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna walk in with the same haircut, and then he started to do other bits. I was like, it's, yeah, it's different. It's good. I had a so because I had a the different guy cut my hair last time. He was also there to to cut my beard and and sort that out as well. Mm. And like people just have sort of the way they different operate. Like the guy I usually go, he's got a way of cutting my beard. This guy was like, I was proper like leant back uh, in the chair, so I couldn't even see the mirror. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I, just, I don't like a lot taken off. Just, you know, keep it quite a little bit of length, but it needs to take some some of it off. And then he kind of like, and he got a razor. And so it's like going like, and started like shaving. And then also. <laughs> the shower noise from Psycho he just made. And then also doing it like on my tash as well. And I had this sudden panic. I'm yes. just like, I think he's misunderstood what I've said. Oh, no. I think he said, keep it real short. And like, and, and when he was like, don't know, I was like. I think he's going to take off my whole tash. There's not wow. a lot there. There's not a lot on my chin either. And you need that for the Espuestos match <laughs> that we're eventually going to have. Exactly. And then I stood up and 
it was absolutely it was so perfectly neat i was like i don't know what you did <laughs> what magic did you just do oh i like i need to go to my barber's next week actually because i've been working the last couple of fridays so i need to book myself in an appointment well stay tuned oh, listeners because that'll mean another hairdressing anecdote i don't really have many that cause my guy's very normal like cool. there, there's no like craziness about him he's just a really super cool guy right mine's yeah well, I, yeah i don't know how to go in there and say can i have the guy oh, i guess i can identify him with the mustache yeah, exactly yeah, yeah that's good that's Unless good change that hey you remember when we came in as a record this oh, we said we we're going to keep it super short okay, because it's a get long on, episode let's get on with the show and I'm just going to take this moment. I've been thinking about it on the way here. Thank you, Triple H. Just thank, yeah, just thank, you, thank man. you, man. Cheers, man. Like, yeah, should we, should we give a little cheers with our give tea? Give a little cups of tea cheers. This is for you, Triple H. Cheers, Hunter. Mm. Mm. Nice one, Trips. Nice one, Trips. That was thinking, awesome. I've been thinking, because we, we speak about NXT sometimes, and we say, but it's a product targeted towards wrestling fans and there's always the um and ah, will it translate to a mainstream audience in the way that raw and smackdown does maybe you do need that element of patronizing the viewer and wacky stupid soap opera level angles to make it work for for the majority of people to be a really the juggernaut that wwe's main roster is but watching this show i was just by the end of it i thought no this is like this is perfect wrestling storytelling. And there's many examples of why we'll get into them. And to me, this is this is like Marvel, where they're just... they're str- and Yes, I know, I'm making another Marvel comparison. So does Mauro Ronello on the show, though. I was though. about to say, Ronello made a great one in this first match. Uh, and it's when Marvel strike that sort of phase two, phase three tone of perfect four-quadrant television, or movies, rather, and storytelling, where it's just... Everything is on fire, it appeals to the vast majority of people, and it all makes sense. It's just quality. Quality that appeals to everyone. And that's when I think I I cannot... Like, even my lady partner got sucked into it, and her friend who was staying over. Wow. Yeah, for a few bits, not all of it. Yeah. But it just, that's the level of how good this show is. Like, not just a good... This was not just a good wrestling show. This was a good show. It, like, you can yeah. put this up against... Freaking Sopranos, The Wire. This is brilliant drama. Well, I yes. mean, I've thank seen you, a, Triple H. I've seen a lot of people on the uh, on the old Twitter machine this morning saying that it was probably the best takeover ever. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe it was. Like you and I watched it slightly differently. You watched it uh, this morning. I've literally come from you, it. That's why I'm so buzzy. You're so buzzy. I accidentally ended up watching it live. Yeah, so how does this, how do you accidentally <laughs> stay up till four in the morning? Um, well, because I, my wife is away because I'm working this weekend, so she's gone back to her parents' house, and so I had the evenings for myself, and I was like, I'm going to have a little cinema trip. So I took in a double bill cinema mm. trip. I went to go see Blockers, the uh, new comedy movie starring John Cena, which is very funny. Cool. And then I watched A Quiet Place, the John Krasinski mm. directed horror movie, which is very scary. Why did you watch that by yourself? When oh. you're going back to a home <laughs> I by genuinely felt myself trying to be quiet as I was like walking back to the car. It was oh, very good, very terrifying. atmospheric. But then I got home, and then by the time like I'd ordered some pizza to eat on my own because I'm on my own, so I'm going to have pizza mm. and some various sides. Bloody lad. Bloody lad that I am. And I had a couple of beers, and I was watching the um, Impact uh, Lucha Underground show mm-hmm. on Twitch. And I, it was, I, just, I was watching that, and then I suddenly realised, ah, 
I think um, I think Takeover's starting soon. I might um I'll tell you what, what I'll time do- was that in, one o'clock. in BST. One right. o'clock BST. So one o'clock AM. So I thought, do you know what I'll do? I'm gonna I'll grab my laptop and I'm just I'll, I'll watch the first match. Mm. I'll just watch the first match and then I'll go to bed. And then you know, and then, and I was, then yeah, <laughs> how do you turn it off? After well, like, that? exactly. Like after the first match, I was like, oh man, I had a couple more mm. beers, I had a glass of wine, I had some uh, vodka cokes, and I was just like, you watching. mixed it. I did mix it a little bit. I'm yeah, surprised you're you're this <laughs> so conscious today. today. Yeah, but um, that's why I needed the tea. But um, I was just every time I was like, I'll just watch this match and then I'll go to bed. Mm. But then it was like, oh, coming up next, it's the triple threat tag match. And I'm like, oh, maybe, oh, okay, I'll just yeah. watch that one. Coming up next, it's uh, Alistair Black versus Almas. And I'm like, oh, God. Well, I've made it this far. I may as well watch Buddy Champa Gargano at this point. But what a show. Mm. Just, like, it's, even though I was very tired, I never felt at any point like it was four o'clock in the morning and I'd been awake for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. I was buzzed. I was just so excited by everything. I was popping huge. I was on my own. I, because I had my laptop on my my lap, I couldn't. I nearly jumped out of my seat when Alistair Black won the title. Like, I literally, I was so excited by that finish. Like, my, and people are following me on Twitter, my Twitter is just like, Black wins, Black wins, Black wins, Black wins. Oh, God, I was so excited throughout this whole show. Spoilers. I think anyone watching this show is probably the tweet. The tweet. Oh, the the tweet. But if you you are on Twitter trying to avoid NXT spoilers while NXT's going on, then maybe you are a bit of a twit. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, overall thoughts, this was just an incredible show mm. from start to end. I, I loved everything. It's just, uh, I, you know what? I wouldn't say it's the best takeover ever, mm-hmm. I, but I would say it is the most high, like match quality and just storytelling and everything else. It is the the highest level across the board for the entire card. Mm-hmm. I thought ever. I mean, let's get into it. So this, I, I this. Mean, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. My first note. You say that we should thank Triple H. My first note is like, this is such a Triple H opening because mm. you've got a metal band playing a live entrance, and it's all just skulls and metal music. Yes. I'm like, this is such a Triple H show. So maybe that might be some. Actually, everything I said before, maybe that is something that might have to be changed a little bit for the mainstream appeal. It's uh, you know, I'm fine with a bit of Flow Rider every now and again. Oh yeah, shake it up a little bit. Nah, I'm not. No. Uh, so Velveteen Dream. EC3, Ricochet, Lars Sullivan, Killian Dane, and Adam Cole. Baby. Kicked off the show with a six way ladder match for the NXT North American Championship, of course, to become the inaugural champion of this new belt. Historic. First ever. But you know, like, nothing annoyed me on this show. There wasn't anything where I thought, ah, screw you, WWE. That's because Ronaldo sounds genuine when yes. he says it, and McGuinness sounds genuine when he says it. Even Percy Watson mostly sounds... Like, I... Yeah. Percy very... Like, what I like about Percy Watson uh, in on NXT commentary is he doesn't say a lot. And that's not me... Like, that's I not going to say the That's same. not me being a dick and saying, like, oh, he just keeps quiet, and that's great. Just sh- shut mm. up, you, because you're not very good. He only pipes in when it's needed. He's like, When he's got something to say... He adds it into the conversation. He doesn't feel like... like When Booker T was on commentary and it was all like, I've got to say something, I've got to say something, I've got to say something. Percy Watson waits until it's his spot and then he says mm. something. Yeah, he le- it's mainly Moro and Nigel exactly, talking yeah. and then Percy Watson will say something. Although he did laugh at a crutch shot in the main event. And I thought, now is not the time for laughter, my friend. Don't sell it like Corey Graves selling a Braun Strowman beatdown of someone. But we'll come on to that. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, first out was EC3. This was when my my lady partner and her friend were still in the house. They were off to a dance class. 
wow. because uh, they they didn't want to be around wrestling. Although when EC3 came out, the room got a bit interested. Oh, yeah. He, good grief. I've read my first note before the girls even said anything. EC3 looks freaking incredible. <laughs> what a body. I am hard for EC3's body. It's just like, it's so, it's like an action figure. Yeah. Where they've, they've on purposely made him beefier and put a few more muscles. He's a Rob Liefeld drawing. I was going to say, he looks like an action man. Yeah. But yeah, he does look like, that's a much better example. He looks like a Rob Liefeld drawing. He looks like Rob Liefeld's Captain America. Yeah, and, and Lars Sullivan is Jack Kirby creation. <laughs> yeah. Let's just create the entire NXT roster of, <laughs> of comic book images. Yeah. So uh, my lady partner pointed out, he's very oily. And he's got jiggly boobs. Aww. So when he was walking along, he's so muscly. His, his boobs were just jiggling. They're all vanity muscles. I doubt they would help you in a in a fight. But my God, he does he look, look good. He looks jacked. He looked the part. And he's like, his body looks incredible. It is a body industry. So that is going to go a long way. His facials, though. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about EC3. He is so expressive and goofy. He's got like Kurt Angle levels of being able to still be threatening somehow but also be goofy at the same time. Very hard balance to strike. And great entrance music as well. Mm. What I like about the entrance music that they picked for EC3 is in that sort of the same way that his, uh, his impact theme was. It's one that you can like, uh, people will know and they can sing along with and really enjoy. But it's not a really elaborate entrance like Bobby Roode yes. or Shinsuke Nakamura or Finn Balor or anything like that. It's just he has an entrance, but with a really kick-ass song that people can sing along with and get into. I, and I think that's a, that's a really smart thing. It's a really great gimmick they've got for, mm. for EC3 here. Massive Cole for as uh, massive Cole, massive pop for Adam Cole. Well, he got the biggest pop really of the match as well with a spot in the middle. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Uh, and Lars Sullivan's entrance screen had a an error message it did indeed, on the bottom yeah. right. Uh, I, wanna... I thought that was but like was that part of his thing because he's like a video game like it's like Rampage has just come out the screen. <laughs> the other thing I want to say about Adam Cole as well, and like one of the other things I really like about NXT, which I I think is probably a Triple H directive, <clears throat> Adam Cole wasn't doing his usual entrance. He wasn't doing his like bending down and doing the Adam Cole mm. baby because he's got to pull double duty. So he's got to perform in this ladder match here and then defend the tag team titles later. So he was just showing signs of concern of being like, I've got to get, I've got mm. to survive this so I can have the match later on. And that's really good. Like it's people aren't just. It's, I hate it when you got a, a stupid, you got a blood food, a blood food, blood <laughs> feud. I haven't had a lot of sleep. A blood feud. But people do their normal mm. entrances anyway. I just think it's really goofy. Yeah, he's got to survive here so he can sit at the side for the next match. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Ricochet, tough, Ricochet got a huge pop when mm. he came out. Really over right from the get-go. Yeah. So the, I mean, I have written a page and a half oh, of notes Oh, I've got here. so it many It is notes. just incredible spot after incredible spot. And all connected with really nice storytelling and feuds weaving throughout so the main the main feuds running through it are dane and sullivan mm-hmm. they're the two big how do you say it? behemoths behemoths who uh who keep on going to fight but then they're taken apart by all the others very similar to the big show mark henry feud from wrestlemania 25 mm-hmm. uh, sorry the, the feud in their money in the bank match and they're they'll was they're, it big show kane kane sorry yeah G- generic big man <laughs> uh and they'll they'll start to like go against each other or maybe you've done a big move I'll do a big move on someone else too and it was that only paid off at the end when they started striking Mm. Uh, and then you had Velveteen Dream against Ricochet that's something that's been built up on Twitter by Velveteen Dream and 
EC3 and Cole initially working together, yeah. which was a really nice partnership. But then when EC3 did his EC3, EC3 baby, baby, the crowd booed him. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> that was amazing. Because like I just thought they'll do it like a call and response thing. They booed. And that's when Adam Cole was like, that's my spot, mate. And he took out EC3 and then... Then he did a super kick party. Yep, a pure super kick party. Yeah. And with each super kick, the crowd got louder and louder and louder. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. And uh, at the end of the super kick party, that's when he goes Adam Cole baby. That was the loudest pop of the of the match. Yeah, it really what, was. One, but the second loudest of the night, I would argue. Yeah, it was just. <clears throat> oh, this match was great. Like everything in it. There's, it's almost too much to go through. Yes, it, like, it really is. It yeah. really is. Like, um, but the one thing I did want to say is that I, I felt kind of bad for Lars Sullivan. Oh, why? Because every time Lars climbed the ladder, the crowd booed. Because he's the heel, though. He's. I don't think. Yeah, but so he he turned. They didn't turn on, but he was dastardly on Killian Dane. Yeah, leading up to it. But he's also like he does get babyface reactions mm, in mm. NXT. I'm actually not sure whether he is a babyface or a heel. He's just generic big man. But I never felt that the crowd were booing because he's a heel. They were booing because they didn't want to see him oh, you win. Think? Um, well, I think so anyway. I mean, that's that was at least how I read the situation. I'd much prefer they were booing him because he was the heel. I took this. I thought this was an incredible crowd. They booed oh, God, apart from yeah. apart from the occasional too sweet. And it's not their fault they were tired for the women's match. Uh, yeah, I know, it's, yeah, it's not their fault. They, they, it would be very hard to come alive for it. But the, overall, I felt like the crowd were cheering in kayfabe. Mm, okay, so, and yeah. and when, when they were doing that, they could have been, you're right, because, you know, big guy pushed for being big, maybe. Uh, they didn't want to see that happen. But I felt it was more of a... You're a you're a dastardly heel. You keep beating yeah. up Ricochet. We don't. That and, and that's I much prefer mm. that version of it. As I said, the way I read it was just like every time he climbed the ladder, it was like people were booing because they wanted either to be Adam Cole mm. or Ricochet. Like those were the two favourites within this match. Every time they climbed, they were the ones who again sort of yeah. the loudest reactions. And there was a point when like Lars Sullivan kept doing all these impressive big moves and slamming people down, and then he climbed the ladder and people would boo again. I was like, what does he have to do, you <laughs> marks? Just cheer him. Cheer the man. He's great. I thought he was a heel. So, t- speaking of Ricochet, though, he had the first... Like, we get, we'll we try and do as many of the big <laughs> spots as we can. Let's try. He had the first big one, yep. which was... Uh, couple of guys on the outside out of nowhere he just jumps up onto the top rope so not the turnbuckle but the top rope balancing amazing shooting start and you're like boom i'm ricochet this is my first match deal with it i've i've written here a star is made yeah crowd, crowd is so they're going insane for ricochet he has to lose at this point <laughs> <laughs> and then ricochet slides into the ring he has a great sequence with uh, was it the dream uh, and he's just doing like uh, you know forward rolls and getting it it felt like that Will Ospreay match where they mm-hmm. were just doing choreographed bits but it looked incredible the crowd are going nuts and then like when he finished that and he was like he did a facial expression pointing to you know I'm here now I was like man yeah. Ricochet is astounding he is astounding um, <laughs> Lars Gorilla presses Dream onto a ladder mm. um, uh, what we got here Ricochet uh, sunset flips Lars so like Lars was on top of the ladder Ooh. and Ricochet dives over and tries to do a sunset flip yeah. and then EC3 and Dream come round to try and help but they still can't get him over Adam Cole goes up the other side and punches Lars and they all go down oh it's just like it's just really really cool stuff apart from Cole apart from Cole on the ladder on top of the ladder and he like just the so EC3 everyone's just it's not just about wrestling 
it's about expressions and acting mm-hmm. in this, and EC3's got great expressions. I'll talk about Lars in a second. But Adam Cole, after he helps push the power bomb, he's on top of the ladder. He knows directly where the hard cam is, looks into <laughs> it, and does a realization <laughs> shot where he's like, <laughs> and looks up at the, got the brilliant look on his face. The crowd are going nuts for, for Adam Cole to scramble up there, and then he's taken out by a Dane Headbutt. But going back to Lars, I love the way he moves. Mm-hmm. I love the way Dream moves. It, it's a different kind of movement. But the way Lars moves, you expect him... Braun Strowman, when he moves, he's very big and he slams you. And it's almost like he's that hasn't affected Braun at all because he's so big. He can root himself to the ground. Lars is a wild man. And he's just he, he'll do a simple powerbomb but then stumble around afterwards. But it doesn't look like he's out of control. It just looks like... Oh my god! I don't want to be near him because yeah. he could just flay. He's like with flailing arms and when he was throwing ladders around, just like just oh, throwing yes. ladders at people. My, Nigel McGuinness called him Donkey Kong, mm. and I suddenly thought, yes, what an amazing comparison because he does. I mean, there's no barrels around, like, but he does feel like Donkey Kong in this match. It's that I'm usually I don't like pop culture references in commentary <laughs> because but, I'm and, used to Michael Cole doing them but wrong. I love Mauro Ronello. But Mauro Ronello, <laughs> but it's like a shortcut, like they're talking my language. Like In one comparison, you have just summed up how I feel towards this man and now I can enjoy the match even more because of it. That's what great commentary does. There was a, a spot in this which we alluded to earlier. Yes. He said, this match is NXT's version mm. of Avengers Infinity War. But it's not about the six Infinity Stones. It's about the six competitors in this match. And then said, and Lars Sullivan is Thanos. Yes. Uh, So the exact line was, but it's not about the Infinity Stones. It's about who's got the stones to climb the ladder. (laughs) And it's just, I love the way Moro does commentary. Because he'll say something. And then you can almost... he you. He doesn't give away that he's realised that he said something that he can continue on with, but that must be the way he does it. So he will just riff on something he said to, for about six lines, and they get better every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's so good at commentary. He's so good. He really enhances the product. Uh, we then get a uh, purple Rainmaker party. Yes. Uh, with Dream Heat and Purple <laughs> Rainmakers on Dane, Cole, and Ricochet. Like, each time as well. The way he sells doing the move, mm. like just getting up and being groggy again and selling yeah. his in, like selling it the fact that he's landed on his side. He's only 22 years old, which is, is insane. And he goes and then, so he's done this, this purple rainmaker party. Uh, and then he climbs a ladder to the tippity top of that ladder. The tallest kind the of ladder. Tall, and he stands as tall as he can. Oh. And he's a tall lad, mm. does his pose and doesn't do a elbow drop where you just sort of like slightly fall mm. on it and you, you your body hits first and then you had, he hit a full on elbow drop a Kyrie Sane-esque elbow drop and it looked absolutely sensational like it looked so good if I'm super nitpicking here I would have preferred a hard cam shot of that mm. they, they showed and I get why they did it uh, they showed the, the shot from the ground looking up at Dream which I think that's a replay shot because, because you do get that scale when he comes down. But I think it's more visually impressive to see the whole wide yeah, yeah. shot. Yeah, I, but that, I mean, that is super nitpicking. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's what we're here for. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then EC3 powerbomb Dream onto a ladder. Oh, and, yes. like, and that's when I realised someone is bleeding and I think Dream is hurt because all of a sudden there's just doctors around everywhere and everyone's wearing gloves. And I was like, 
Uh oh. Mm. So, and I'm, I mean, I'm unsurprised that someone has been busted open. And then I think by the end of it, 50% of uh, the people in this match had been busted open at some point. Yeah, and this this turned into one of the more brutal spots. So EC3 has a ladder on him, like he's laying oh, down yep. uh, on his back. A ladder's on top of him, and Dane hits a senton. And then he goes up to do the Vader bomb, but Adam Cole jumps on Dane's back to choke him out. This happened a lot. I don't get why you would take try and stop someone from mm-hmm. taking out your opponent. Yeah. The, yeah. I don't. But by the by, by the uh, way. Adam Cole is it's choking a, it's him. A wrestling physics. Yeah. And then Dane jumps off, does the Vader bomb anyway, onto Cole. No, onto onto uh, the ladder and EC3. Yes. With, with Cole on top. his back, yes. and Cole just like bounces up in the mm. air when they hit the ground. It looked really, really cool. Like EC3 took a lot of bumps in this, mm-hmm. a lot of lot of brutal bumps. So fair play to him. He didn't come in and just coast off. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Ricochet then could. <laughs> Ricochet comes in and attacks both Dane and Lars, and then Dane and yes. Lars took turns throwing him across the ring. Like he just, like, uh, Lars Sullivan launches Ricochet across the ring, and again it comes back to that storyline of these two big men, that one-upmanship style thing. Lars throws him across the Dane. Dane just sort of looks at this carcass lying on the floor. The crowd chant, "Throw him back," mm-hmm. and he's just like, <laughs> "Oh, you think that's impressive?" Just picks him up and launches him back across the other side of the ring. So. Oh. So maybe you can help me out here. I get that you throw Ricochet, and then like Ricochet has that momentum, but something happens two-thirds into the trajectory where he gets another boost. <laughs> I, I can't work it out. It's like, it's like he's just found a little mushroom in Mario Kart, and he's enabled that, and he's boosted forward. Yeah, I'm guessing that's what it is. Or, or like an air pocket. It's just a <laughs> boom! All the turbulence has sent him off in the air. I d- yeah, Rick- I don't know how Ricochet... Uh, does yeah? He, I mean, if Neville is the man that gravity forgot, Ricochet is the guy who is going <laughs> gravity and laughing at it. <laughs> gravity doesn't even exist. Yes, uh, we get a shooting star pressed to EC3 on the ladder. Mm. Uh, Dream finally gets back in. And he kind of creates this ladder bridge, um, and then he climbs onto it again. Rick stops him. Crowd start chanting, "Please don't die!" And this is when Dream picks up incredible. Ricochet and hits a rolling Death Valley driver onto the ladder, just like it's. I, I see. I've seen a few people criticise some of the spots in this match, saying it, it looks too staged, it looks mm. too funny, and I see that a, a lot in ladder matches in WWE. And I think a lot of match, a lot of ladder matches, sort of around the wrestling world, because you do have to set up these ladders in ways you wouldn't normally set them up to kind of do these big spots. But sometimes, I, my rationale with that is that these wrestlers are trying to incapacitate their opponents so they can then climb the ladder. So you would build these insane contraptions so that you can then do stuff like a roll. Like, yeah, it's pretty weak logic, but at mm. least internally, I I can sort of make sense of it. Well, I I actually think, and I've written down here that the there was a lot of effort to make these ladder placements not look contrived. Mm-hmm. I thought that, because usually, like, and I always go back to the final battle, 2011 maybe, between, and it was a ladder war, Ring of Honor call it, between El Generico and Kevin Steen. Brutal. And they, like, I love that match, but there was no reason for them to set up a ladder, set up another ladder, put a ladder between it, and then put another ladder between it on top of that. There was no, like... No. There, there was, they weren't trying to do another bit, and then they were like, huh. Look what we've created. It was very contrived. However, here, this particular moment, and a lot of the bits in uh, that this match, Dream has the ladder and goes for EC... Was it, who was it? It was Ricochet. Ricochet. Goes for Ricochet's gut in the, while Ricochet's in the turnbuckle. But Ricochet moving 
that's what got the ladder in the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. And then Ricochet had the ladder that was already upright and went to slam it into Dream, but Dream picked up the, the other end of the ladder that was in the turnbuckle and that stopped the ladder attack and wedged it in. And then there's your structure. I, th- I mean, I th- I thought this was a superbly worked mm-hmm. and well thought out match yeah, in that regard. Yeah, it really was. And then there's like two ladders set up on the outside mm. between the ring post and the commentary tables. Uh, and this is when you again get Lars and Dane doing a, like, if you, whatever you can do, I can do better. Mm. So uh, Dane grabs uh, EC3, I believe, and sets him up. Uh, oh, no, I've got to jump ahead of myself here. So... Where are we? Dream's okay, laying yeah, on the ladder. Le- Dream is on the ladder that's set up on the outside. He then grabs EC3 and hits the freak accident off the apron onto EC3 on the ladder and, and just like just completely kills both men. And then next to that, Killian Dane uh, sets up uh, Ricochet. And he's, um, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 sets up Ricochet. And then just squashes both him and Cole through the other ladder as well. Uh, and this is when we get Fight Forever chance mm. and Mauro Ronaldo's call of NXT Infinity War. Well, this is when all six men are down. And usually you would call this a double down. I've got it as a hectagonal down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you would call it. Uh, but yeah, Mauro Ronaldo has the... And here's the Titan King himself! As Lars <laughs> stumbled into the ring, flailing around. Uh, Dane and Lars are now on the ladder. They're both trying to get to the title and then each other feud sets up their own ladder so you've got ricochet and dream on another one and dc3 and cole on another and they they just all and this is where i know as well that lars sullivan has a huge gash on the side of his face Mm. as well just like with blood pouring down it and you could tell that we were getting into the finish otherwise they, they would have stopped to try and like heal up the wound slightly but um then basically everyone just sort of dies like the ladders sort of fall <laughs> down people fall down this that and the other and then you've got Lars on the uh, he's left alone in the ring with this huge gash on his face and from out of nowhere Ricochet just jumps off the ropes and takes it and the ladder essentially explodes mm. because of the weight of both men and it just goes and it just like completely yeah. implodes uh, and then I was like, and then you can actually hear someone shouting. I knew this is when I knew it was the finish. Someone shouted, "Go, go, 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 go!" Oh, really? I I heard something. I couldn't figure out what it was. Dane said something earlier, quite obviously, like it wasn't shouty. It was, "Let's do this now." <laughs> it was really, but uh, you know, yeah, nitpicking again. Ricochet has the belt, uh, and then Cole drops him. Cole climbs. Cole wins. What a match! Amazing stuff. Yes, really, really good. I have given it. Uh, on the four du- and a half stars on the douchebag douche rating and scale, and I can not argue with that. I I thought it was wonderful. Mm, yeah, it, it, yeah, incredible. But one of the best multi-man ladder matches I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess like I don't know if you, I would put TLC in these things, uh, but they, it's on par with that. Uh, singles ladder matches are a different of the fish I, I wouldn't put it in that bracket yeah but. no i agree uh next up we had ember moon versus Shayna baszler oh man but the nxt women's title poor moon and baszler i mean i I've, tough I, act to follow well that's it like that was my first thought i was like you, they can't follow mm. like no one put in this position could have followed it and it, but it ties into a conversation that you and i have had several times which is the WWE's mentality of having a buffer match because you need to like cool the crowd down so you then can pump them up again for the next match and your argument has always been which I completely agree with Mm. is that if people are really into a feud you don't need that buffer match case in point later on in the night when you've got Alistair Black and and Almas and then Gargano and Ciampa later the crowd were hot for both matches but because this Mm. hasn't been a particularly hot feud the crowd weren't massively into this match 
And these girls worked very, very hard to try and turn that around. And I thought this was a really well-worked, a really well-told story in the match. I thought both of them did amazing stuff. But, th- and I, I don't blame the crowd. Mm. I, I honestly don't yeah, blame the crowd. Can't blame them. Not I, after that. No, in, exactly, not after that. I, I don't blame them. Because that crowd just like completely wore themselves out from that match. Because How could you not? Mm. I thought they tried really hard, but it didn't, the, the crowd just weren't into it as much. I, I really liked the story. I think this was a this is a great story on paper. I wasn't that into, but I wasn't into the match. Maybe yeah. it was same as the crowd exhausted from the previous match, but there was nothing really there for me. Mm-hmm. You said it's been a lackluster feud. I've written down a you know a feud based around an MMA fight and not showing the wrestling locker room the right respect. Fresh. <laughs> yeah. It was the Lesnar Reigns feud, mm-hmm. and I'm not into Ember Moon's character. Uh, but I, you know, I enjoyed it. Jessamine Duke and Ronda Rousey were at ringside cheering Shayna, which makes sense. But it was weird seeing that they want Ronda to be such a babyface, and Baszler is mm-hmm. such a despicable heel. Moon got a, a cool entrance. She did, with yes. A the, lady singer. Uh, the guitarist from uh, Hailstrom, I think I've written. This is not bad. Okay, I've written here. Moon gets a live intro with the singer from Hailstrom. This is such a Triple H show. Mm. Um, and it's I, my favorite band, Hail. Hailstrom. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, I love, lo- them. love oh, got all their albums, yeah, got all their LPs. Tay-tay, my yeah. favorites. Um yeah. Uh, so I I thought there was some really good stuff in this, but the, the story of this match was that Moon was able to do the arm breaking spot that Shayna Baszler has been doing to all of the other women on the NXT roster, which is where she stands on their hand at an awkward angle and then kicks it and then mm. they do like a arm goes in an awkward position and then you sell that. And I thought it was a really cool spot. Crowd didn't really pop for it, but it was a really cool and a nice little story. Well, I think I get why they did it afterwards, but that seems to be the finish of the match, and it, it felt like it came way too early. Well, it actually led to one of my favourite things mm. in this match, was Baszler going to the outside and ramming herself into the ring post to try and pop her shoulder back in. That the com- was great. Commentators were doing a really... Like, Nigel McGinnis from City was doing a really good job of putting over why she was doing mm. this and why it's important for her to be doing this because she needs it for her submission holes, she needs it for this, that, and the other. But the crowd just weren't into the spot itself. Um, I, 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 as I said, I thought this was a really well-worked match with a really good story. It just didn't really... It, it's one of those things you say you need the crowd behind it to kind of like make mm. it, so, to raise it up that extra level. It's not been a hot feud, but I enjoyed it. So the that arm arm uh, dislocation spot from Moon that came in the midpoint of the match. I think that is in your last fifth of the match, and then after that you rush into Shayna bashing her shoulder in, mm-hmm. and then you you get the one arm choke, yeah. which is how because Shayna was. Had was one arm down. She still managed to choke out Ember. She didn't tap. She just uh, passed out. Yeah, uh, with did. one arm and let uh, and kept it on for quite a while. Like I'm, I'm a bit sick of seeing Moon not succumb to submissions for ages. Yeah, it was basically the same ending as the uh, the Bailey Asuka match from NXT Takeover Dallas a few years ago, which was when Asuka had her in the lock and she just passed out, and mm. everyone was actually genuinely surprised because everyone thought that Bailey was retaining. Um, but it's. Yeah, I I thought it was a, a nice finish, but yeah, it probably went on for a little bit too long, and especially it, it also it feels too long because the crowd aren't popping yeah. for Moon getting out of the submissions or countering the submissions, and if the crowd aren't popping for it and aren't reacting to it, then it just feels like it goes on for longer than it actually is. And this was a shortish match as well mm. compared to everything else. I, I'll just say one more thing: 
because there was another part I really liked aside from the shoulder pop spot, which was the opening exchange where Ember Moon runs into Baszler and Baszler just like, to do a drop kick, but Baszler just clocks her with a stiff right. And I was yeah. like, screw your wrestling stuff, <laughs> MMA! I thought that was a great exchange and really summed up the feud between yeah. them, uh, or the, the story between them. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you'll get access to the Wrestle Ramble Extra, a monthly podcast where Ollie and I review shows from wrestling's past. If you pledge now, you'll get our back catalogue of episodes, including Money in the Bank 2011, Armageddon 2000, Wrestle Kingdom 10, and No Way Out 2004, and many others, as well as this month's episode, which will be WrestleMania 25. And $10 plus backers will become part of the Ramble Club, our new show where we talk about wrestling from around the world, including reviews of the Golden Lovers vs. Cody and Marty Skrull, Austin Aries vs. Eli Drake, and many, many more. All that and so much extra, so head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Then we had a page-introduced sneak peek 
mm-hmm. you get this? You yeah, get so, this on yeah, the yeah, broadcast? Yeah, fighting with my uh, family. Fighting with my family. Where The Rock cut a promo on people who aren't Paige. Yeah. They're playing I, Paige. I've written here, there's a clip from Fighting With My Family. I hope that's not a real clip. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a TV movie. It doesn't look like an actual film. No. No. It doesn't look like a real thing. Maybe they've got to put in the CGI <laughs> still. Every, didn't see it's any a, green it, screen it's stuff. It's unfinished. So then we got a little bit backstage with O'Reilly and Adam Cole in the trainer's room. Of course, Cole's just had this big match. And next up, he's got the tag match. He's got to defend the Undisputed Era's tag belts. And Cole's like saying he's worried he can't compete. And, and O'Reilly's like, can we get this called off? And then you cut to Alistair Black training and being all broody. So you're, you're in the tag match bit and the entrances. And you don't know if Adam Cole's going to come out. It was a ni- nice multi-match story here particularly as well because there was a lot of people who had theories throughout the day and actually through the throughout this week that they were going to have a replacement for adam cole they were going to introduce a new member of the Undisputed era with a lot of people thinking it was going to be donovan dijak right so they were, so i think it almost felt like they were because i then got kind of got worked by it a little bit because cole's sitting there going like i don't think i can do this mm. match and o'reilly is going like we need to get this match called off I was thinking, like, this is where you introduce... Because Kyle O'Reilly came out on his own, and I was like, ah, this is where you're going to bring out someone new. And then Adam Cole came in, and I was like, oh, no, they just worked me. Adam Cole is working this match, but that felt real. Yes. That backstage yeah, yeah, thing yeah. there where Cole said, I'm not sure I can do that. And then Cole's selling mm. as he's walking to the ring, being like, oh, man. And he's carrying his newly won yeah. title. And it's like, and the comment, Maranel's like, Undisputed Era would be, should be celebrating that Cole has won this championship, but they have got another match mm. on their hands here. They've got something bigger that they need to do. And it's just, it really, really worked. And then told, like that worked then into the story of the match. I thought it was great stuff. Yeah, and Mauro Ranello, so good throughout the show. But yeah. here, like, he's, he's so good at summing up why you should be interested in this match in just a few lines. And he did it at the start of this. He's like, O'Reilly and Cole... Uh, you know, you've got that story where Cole was taken out on the outside early on by Authors of Pain. Authors of Pain want to cement their legacy. They've done everything. They want to, you know, really dominate the division. And Dunn and Strong, they're working together. This is still a very new tag team. Really great sending it up. Uh, Gold Dust and Jeff Jarrett were shown at ringside. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, Cole was taken out very early. Yeah. Uh, this was, again, just really good. The Authors of Pain took Cole over after they dominated everything and took everyone out. They went to take, put Cole through the Spanish announcers table. I don't know if this was a botch, but Cole actually almost struggled out and they, they got him back <laughs> yeah, up and put him forced through. him back into it. Yeah. I was like, th- like, if that's a botch, that's a really lucky botch because that to me looks like Adam Cole genuinely doesn't want to be put <laughs> through the table, which is what should be happening. Yeah. Or rather than just rather than just here's our spot, we've got to do our wrestling spot now, and it fits Adam Cole's character so well because he's like, I don't want to do stuff. I'm trying to weasel out of stuff all the time. Yeah. Really, really good. And then with Cole out, I mean, for me, O'Reilly is the star of this match. Oh, isn't he just? Like, I thought him and and Pete Dunne were yes. both absolutely... Yes, I want to see that match. Yeah, oh, God, match. don't you just... Oh. I mean, I'm just, I've just written here, uh, Kyle kicks the S word out of Dunne. And was, as soon as I read those words, I was like, God, I want to see that again. I, I want to see that match. I think that match is a five star. When they And I really hope they do it. I don't know how they get there because, of course, it, it looks like strong and done after this. But, uh... Well, have you seen the stuff that's happened after this match? So I when this this match happens, mm. um, should we? Oh, we'll get to the end of the okay, match. Okay, we'll, we'll yeah, let's tell that. the story. So yeah, O'Reilly is just after Cole's been taken out. O'Reilly's like, crap. Okay, 
boss mode and just like takes takes out one of the authors of pain by the way I cannot tell the difference in matches between Razor and Akum, so I've just got Authors of Pain. When <laughs> an author of pain is taken out I, by uh, the knee. I wrote notes, and I wrote down Razor, and I was like, oh no, I was writing, I've written Akum, so I've written Akum's name quite a few times, and then I suddenly got to a point where I was like, I'm not sure if that actually is yes, Akum. Yeah. And then he did something, and Moronello called him Akum, and I was like, yes, got him right. <laughs> But uh, O'Reilly had this sick knee out of nowhere onto an author of pain. Uh, then, it, <laughs> then he takes on Dunn and Strong for ages. And O'Reilly gets Roderick Strong and an author of pain in a submission at the same time. Yeah. Uh, he's just incredible. Moro Ronaldo kept laughing yes. at the start of this match. Because like, this is meant to be a tag match. <laughs> was like, I was told this is meant to be a tag match, yeah. And it finally does become it, one. People go to the it's uh, As I've written here, the, ma- the match breaks, <laughs> breaks down into a tag match mm. <laughs> <laughs> very well put so then you have like some normal uh, exchanges and then O'Reilly gets back into the ring and this you know this 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 is just incredible I loved this spot an amazing German suplex from an author of pain mm-hmm. onto Kyle O'Reilly's neck he landed yep. folded up like an accordion but he rolls over and immediately stands up and hulks out <laughs> he no Japan he, yeah. no, he no Japan no he, he no Japan it <laughs> And the crowd are like, way And I'm like, yes, come on, Carlo Riley. But then Carlo Riley just like fades and <laughs> falls back out the ropes. And I was like, this is, you don't get this sort of heel work on the main roster because it, the WWE is so conditioned in their chicken S word heel mentality that you don't really present heels like awesome badasses. Uh, like, I guess Brock Lesnar does, but you know, is he a face? Is he a heel? Who knows? But Carlo Riley is very distinctly a heel. He cheats to win. Almas also distinctly a heel. But that it never takes away from their ring ring ability, mm-hmm. or not just their ring 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 ability, but their will to win. And him firing up just there and trying with all his might, even though it ended in a comedy spot, does wonders for yeah. for just his really, character. Really, did yeah. Uh, but you, I've lost my place. You carry on. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, uh, what have we got to? Uh, Carl tries to get involved again, which allows Strong to get some offense in and get the hot tag to Pete Dunne. And then Pete Dunne oh. has an incredible mm. comeback because, do you know what? Pete Dunne is very good at professional wrestling. Mm. He is awesome. And it's one of these matches. Remember we did our, um, our Wrestle Kingdom 10 review for the Patreon podcast yes and it was the opening match was the the four-way tag match for the uh the tag team titles mm-hmm. and I said there's like what I loved about this match is that you've got eight guys on the around the ring and each one of those you could say they're a credible competitor to the junior heavyweight championship mm. at any pay-per-view down the line because they just all look amazing and I thought that when I was watching this match I was like yeah Kyle O'Reilly is an incredible single star Adam Cole's an incredible single star Pete Dunn's an incredible single star Roderick Strong's an incredible single star you've got them in tag at the moment but holy hell, any one of these could be a, an upper tier, maybe even main event level guy. Just yeah. like that, and Pete Dunne in particular is just so effing great. I love everything mm. that he does, and it's just awesome. But again, I'm going to bring it back to O'Reilly because, <laughs> yeah. because and, and like O'Reilly's interactions with Dunne were sublime. Yeah, they were. And you, from from just what I enjoy about wrestling, probably the best stuff on the show for me. Uh, but you know that's more of a taste thing. I'm not saying objectively it's the strongest. Uh, so there's this spot where Dunn is running wild off this awesome hot tag, and but O'Reilly gets him and he delivers this German suplex, and Dunn f- 
flips over so he lands on his feet. And there is this moment where the camera is on Dunn's face. He's sitting down after, sitting up rather, after the German. And he looks so smug. Like, <laughs> I've stopped that hot tag. You know, just yeah. grin. And Dunn is just standing behind him. There's a bit of dramatic irony with a demon look on his face. And he just whacks uh, O'Reilly in the head with a kick. And it's brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely awesome. Uh, we then get uh, the Super Collider, and we get the last chapter from the Authors of Pain, but Strong breaks it up. Dunn does some joint man- uh, manipulation, and then here's where we get. Well, can I just say O'Reilly and Dunn after that have like this closed fist brawl oh, where they are just yes. clobbering each other. Yeah. Beautiful, Sorry, I, beautiful. I didn't want to overst- I didn't want to forget that, but yeah, mm. you're absolutely right. Uh, so we get an assisted bitter end, but Aiken breaks that up, and then Dunn hits the bitter end on Kyle O'Reilly. He has the pin. Yep. He has the match won. Yep. And Roderick Strong breaks it up by stamping on the on on his head, lifts him up, and he hits the he hits his uh, backbreaker move and puts Kyle on top of him. It's Steve Austin Invasion 2001 all over again. The swerve of all swerves. Roderick Strong has joined the Undisputed Era and screwed Pete Dunne out of winning the Tag Team Championships. You text me... I didn't get... I've got a, the exchange. you got Shall the I? exchange, yeah. Sorry, that's fine. You just texted me this morning saying that you were watching it a little bit late uh, and then... Because I said that I was I was asleep. So this is this is within... Roddy, no... This is all in capitals. Roddy, no! OMG! O-H-M-A-H-G-A-W-G <laughs> I did not see that coming. Actually looks like I can get him for 1230. <laughs> <laughs> it's me coming into the studio what time I'd be here. Um, but I just uh, that that was the loudest pop of the night. Yeah. It, uh, absolutely because very few I've seen a couple of people on Twitter say that they had predicted it and actually I have got someone mess- not someone messaged me on Twitter with almost like almost beat for beat really? like what would what would happen <laughs> and then was like man you better give me some credit on that yeah. I'm afraid I can't remember your name I I, I could look it up. But like but I'm not going to because that's that's our gimmick. Mm. And he did call it, and kudos to you because I did not see this coming because they had such a super baby face in Roderick Strong. I was like, man, the last thing you want to do is turn him heel. But then they turned him heel, and I was like, well, that just makes all the sense. It makes so much sense. This is amazing stuff. It's not because, like, sometimes there's heel to, you know, like um, last year's Survivor Series where Triple H turned on everyone. And it's just like, swerve, swerve, swerve. And like, but it does. It's not connected to anything. They're just pops with nothing, with no substance. But like you said, this makes perfect sense. It came out of completely nowhere, but it was also rooted in everything. Just a master turn of of getting that balance perfect. I was completely blindsided by this turn, and it still makes every cent or every lick of sense. Yeah. And the way Roderick Strong steps on Pete Dunne's body afterwards and steps over him and then takes the Undisputed Era armband off of Adam Cole and puts it on himself. What confused me, I'm keen to see how it plays out, was Cole and O'Reilly did not look like they were in on it. They didn't know it was coming. No. Which is great because like the whole storyline since the Undisputed Era came in was they were trying to recruit... Roderick mm. Strong and Roderick Strong kept saying no which led to war games and it led to all these battles between between the two factions and now out of nowhere Roddy's joined them and they're like oh yes mate come on yeah. in come join us I mean we can't fit your name into our logo because it's quite <laughs> intricately designed but we're happy to have you here yeah. Let, let's, let's, all, let's all do this yeah and uh, Amore was now looking back on it Moro was saying throughout the match all Roddy wants is gold 
he, he really just wants a yeah. title and that's the way to do it you you help the people who have already got it win so in, in that super faction so coming out of this mm. uh, oh, right, what, yes. what I was uh, leading to earlier because so, I saw someone mention this and I was like hashtag yes please mm. and then it seems to this is the direction they're going because Pete Dunn posted up on social media a picture of British Strong Style <gasps> saying like almost like with a let's get the band back together Ooh. and Trent Seven retweeted that with the uh, okay uh, emoji so I think we're leading to Undisputed Era versus British Strong Style you know <laughs> you're right there I just need a minute <laughs> I've got an erection <laughs> so yeah that's, that uh. appears to be the direction we're going and as soon as like I, it didn't even cross my mind because I was so blindsided by the turn that when I saw it on Twitter someone like gotta get British Strong Style together now to take on the Undisputed Era I was like Yes, please. Hashtag yes, please. And <laughs> just put that there for now. Just awkwardly hunch over. And I mean, I don't know how long Tyler Bates out for. Mm, that's a worry. But, but uh, you know, you, you can you can just have Pete done off for a bit and yeah. come back for it in in a few months time. The way they tape tape TV, you can work around exactly, it. Exactly. And yeah. the other two guys can work while uh, Tyler. Yeah. Oh, what a what a few that will be. Matches the, would be oh, insane. Wow. And as again. This could, this might give us that Kyle O'Reilly Pete Dunne singles match that you and I were just talking about. We'd love to yeah, see. Yeah. Yes, please. It's Invasion two thousand one all over again, but this time it makes sense, and it, <laughs> I love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, and a really nice touch with Bobby Fish coming out. Was coming out like, hey, yeah, hey, Roddy's here. Because when that was all happening, I, I kind of, you know, I was, a, I felt a bit sad for the guy because it just did seem like he was replaced, and you know. Maybe Fish will come back later on, and we're working back in. A bit like Sanity and what's his name? He oh, got yeah, the, the first replaced. one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> the first but the one. Uh, and and I, I was worried that was going to happen to Fish. And I love Fish. I love the way he works. But what well, he came out at the end in a suit and his his crutches with a, a knee brace. On, yeah, knee brace. And he, he posed with everyone. They look great. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Just fantastic. Next oh, up, Alice oh, my Cooper's God, guitarist I'm, was in the crowd. I am exhausted. Mm. And we've still got two more matches to go oh. through. Oh, what was your star rating for so it? So I gave that 4.25. Man. And you gave the women's match? 3.5. It's going to be a very, like, your your star average rating yeah, yeah. For, for this show. Uh, so Andrade, Cian Almas versus Alistair Black for the NXT title. Oh, by the way, have we said what predictions we had? So oh. for the first match, uh, we both had EC3, so we were wrong. For the women's match, we both said Baszler, so we were both right. And for the tag match, we both said Undisputed Era. Yeah. So we're two for three, and this match makes it 3-2 to you, because you had Black winning. I had Almas Absolutely. Winning. By any chance, did you see um, Pachiti's predictions for this? No. <laughs> Pachiti's predictions were... EC3, Ember Moon, Authors of Pain, Almas, mm. and Champa. Wow. Every I, single one. So he, he does their punishment videos so well. <laughs> I think. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Can't be angry at it. Can't be angry. So I'm just <laughs> eager to see him. <laughs> okay. I just saw it because I, I saw it. I didn't see it at the time. I just saw it this morning. I was reading back. I was like, oh, mate. Oh, Adam. It's weird because I, you know, I really like Adam Vegeta. I know. But the, I want to see him get punished. <laughs> he's just the, his videos are so good. Yeah. I sometimes, if I'm bored, I will usually find myself watching him drink hot sauce. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Oh. Uh, anyway, so, so Andrade Almas versus Alistair Black for the NXT Championship. 
my guy, the guy that I, mm. I'm putting a stake in as the future of this company, at least in some capacity, Alistair Black gunning for the NXT Championship against a super heel and a great champion, out of nowhere, a yes. great champion in Andrade Cien Almas. A guy that when he was going for the belt against Drew McIntyre, I didn't really buy into. I was like, this just feels like a placeholder mm-hmm. feud. And then Almas won the belt. And ever since then, it's like, this yeah. guy has been so good. He's, yeah. been an, he's been an awesome, awesome champion. But man alive, do I love me some Alistair Black. My lo- I've written a lot of notes here, but a lot of those notes are just... Black is the effing best in, three in, in all camps because he's just the best. Mm. Um, I, I, like when this video package started to play, I was like, oh my God, Gargano Champ is going on last. Yes! <laughs> I think I said I didn't want that to happen, but when it started to play out, I did apparently. So <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, so Black goes right on the offense here and mm-hmm. it sends uh, strikes, sending Elmas to the outside. And then he does this perfect moonsault so uh, Black hops up to the top rope turnbuckle and hits a moonsault to the outside on Almas he hits all of it just like the way Almas caught him Mm -hmm. there was no like it it was a perfect moonsault and then he immediately turned round to look where Vega was really nice storytelling and Moro put that over huge and it's great as well because Black does <clears> this in his matches where he sends him to the outside and it looks like he's going to do a dive but he just like does his little springboard yeah. off it and does his sit down and that's what everyone thought he was going to do here but he didn't he did his springboard landed around quickly transitioned to do this massive moonsault onto mm. it and it was just like it caught the crowd that caught the crowd off guard because you kind of you you jump into a rhythm that you're expecting and then you twist it like that just worked so well and a really hot start to this mm. match because Vega then gets involved right away yes. by giving him a hurricane runner right into the ring steps yeah like really quick interference and played into the story perfectly when yeah. all was said and done absolutely yeah, uh, yeah so Hurricanrana from Vega into the ring steps on Black and the crowd are booing her so hard which is great to hear it just you know that kayfabe heat again yeah. uh, and then Moro says there's nothing <laughs> tranquilo tranqui- about Vega here tranquilo tranquilo about Vega here I wonder what he's referencing. Uh, Super Kick Party yeah. as well was referenced earlier. I wonder. Uh, and then Almas works over Black for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. I've seen criticism where it was too long, but hmm. I, I, I wouldn't change anything about this match. Absolutely I, not. I found it fine, especially then when Almas does a springboard. Yes. And Black hits him with a jumping knee because he's the effing best. So, uh, and and this was where really Moro started to put over Almas's ring IQ and. It, it, beautiful lines like he's got uh, someone tweeted it to us he's got the a a metronome would be jealous of that time for Black (laughs) but to Almas he said he's he's got Mensa level ring IQ yeah and 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 they put it over how Almas would used to be cocky and he'd celebrate a lot but here he's move on them on them on them on them he's just always on it and thinking about the next step and how to counter and scouting certain moves Almas is great. It's great. And they tie that all into Vega. They yeah. they make Vega relevant to this character. She's not just a bit of eye candy out there for, for Almas. She's not just a manager. Mm. He is a champion because she has she has made him change his way of wrestling yeah. because now he's not showboating he's not doing this he is now this ring technician because she is molding him into this, this, this champion. It's just really, really great storytelling because he is this really great ring tradition, but she keeps getting involved mm. like an absolute dick and ruining things. Yeah. And it's great because it makes you hate her. Yeah, and... And and by extension, hate him. Yeah, and I usually, like, I think Ms. Maurice, and Maurice would 
cheat. But here I'm like, it's almost like Almus doesn't need Vega to cheat. They're just cheating because they're bad people. Yeah, exactly. Because Almus is so good that the cheating is not needed. Fantastic. And it makes Almus feel legit despite the cheating. And that's one so important to make him credible. And then that then plays into the finish. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly plays into the finish. So you've got a really cool spot uh, where they do this amazing um, striking exchange. And then uh, Black kicks out and they do another running knee. Um, uh, so they, where am I? You've gone way I've ahead. I've gone way ahead. Oh, no, just because I've ju- jumped ahead. Because Sorry. there was the Sunset. really... So every time Black came back, Almas would cut him off pretty quickly and mm-hmm. beat down Black some more. And there was this fantastic bit. It's a Kota Ibushi spot uh, where Black was laying down. Almas went for the moonsault, but Black rolled out the way. Almas landed on his feet and hit an immediate moonsault onto Black. Yeah. Uh, it was great. And yeah. Nigel put that over really, really well. Yes, yeah, so I did um, accidentally uh, jump forward uh, a little bit there. Do apologise. Corkscrew dive onto Black from Almas. He's just on it all the time. Yep. Uh, then the referee is distracted by the belt. There's some shenanigans at ringside. And Vega hits another Hurricanrana. A spike Hurricanrana. straight down into yeah, the ground. For a great near fall. Mm-hmm. And then Almas gets in the hammerlock, but Black reverses it and hits the Black Mass. Think it could be the finish. Out and then Vega gets uh, his foot up on the ropes to break up the pin. And I've just written here in, in capital letters. Third time she's getting involved. Black goes for the moonsault on the outside, but Vega gets involved again. Where's Candice when you need her? <laughs> yeah, Black needs a Black needs a buddy. <laughs> Black needs his own Candice Lorray yeah. to, to to stop Vega from getting involved. Almas then does the the double foot stomp onto Black Wally's on the outside. Mm. Then into the double knees for another great near fall. I thought that was it, even but, though it was just the double knees. Yeah. Uh, hammerlock reversal Black goes for the black mass but Almas drop kicks him in the back of the head so he goes around to do the black mass and as he's spinning around perfect timing Almas hits this drop kick right Mm. to the back of his head and it looked absolutely brutal great so good it just came out out of nowhere and there was a really subtle layer there of a near ref bump so you could you can almost say Black didn't hit that black mass because Almas nearly ran into the referee off of his Irish whip. There was just a little bit of confusion, which was enough to delay Black, which is why Almas could get that kick in. Yeah, I loved it. Really good spot. Double knees onto Black on the ape. So the, on the apron into the ring post. Yeah, the one they did to Johnny Gargano at, um, yeah. at Philadelphia. And Black's selling of that. He just yeah. he glazes over. It just, looks it, knocked out. Exactly. It looks like the lights are on and no mm. one is home. It's just, it's really great setting. And then the commentators were putting that over perfectly. of just being like, that's it. Like, yeah. he, he's, he's done. He can't, like, look at his face. He he can't go on anymore. Uh, so Black then, uh, Almas gets him in for the uh, the draping hammerlock, the same way he won the championship, the same way that he's beaten Johnny Gargano. Uh, but Black dumps him to the outside and does this big dive to the outside. Mm. But then, from out of nowhere... It, it hits another hammerlock. It hits a hammerlock yeah. DDT. So Black does the dive, and you're like, oh, Black's on the offense. They get back in the ring, hammerlock DDT out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the finish. Yes. Yeah. And it was another kick out. And this is where I'm just screaming, oh, my God. <laughs> and this is where I was like nearly throwing my laptop mm. off my lap because I was getting so into this finish. Vega dives off the top to hit Alistair Black. He moves out the way, and... Almas catches her almost into sort of like you know into a uh, not a fireman's carry but you know just a crossbody like yeah, yeah. crossbody position and then he hits the black mass one two three Alistair Black is your new NXT champion I loved this match it was it was incredible and a good call from Purse at the end to sum it up so succinctly Vega went to the well one too many times yeah she tried to cheat one too many times she didn't like, need to you had the perfect level of cheating in there and this this is one of the best examples 
Well, actually, no, the, the main event has this, but this is such a good example of storytelling through physicality mm -hmm. because that there were no words there. It was all physical actions, and you can get everything in of how... Vega keeps cheating, and that has become their downfall in the end. Almas is literally carrying uh, Vega, like he's holding her there. That's the spot that's cost him when the Black Mass is hit on his head. It is the perfect retribution for how dastardly they've been. Really, really good. It's I've given stuff. it four and a half as well. Well earned, four mm. and a half. Loved it. And then, good lord, I am exhausted. We have got the main event. The match that we've been building to for almost a year now. In fact, it's been over a year, really, when you think of the story that they've been telling. Going back to the Cruiserweight Classic of Champ, of Champa nearly turning on Gargano at the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. But then sitting down and being like, no, I, I can't hate you for knocking me out of this tournament because you're my best friend. Mm. You've been building from that. And you've been building, you've been building, you've been building to the turn last year to all the stuff we've had with Almas and Gargano. We've been building to this moment. It's Johnny... Gargano against Tommaso Ciampa in an unsanctioned match and I there was just small details in this the ref wasn't in a referee yeah. shirt he was just in a black shirt and I suddenly thought this is clearly what Triple H had in mind last year with his feud with Seth Rollins yes. but then Vince was like no it's Wrestlemania get a ref out mm -hmm. there let's do this as, as just a it just ended up being a wrestling match almost like a street fight yeah. it just felt like any other match this felt like an unsanctioned fight it was just the ref was just there to be... And he was already wearing gloves. I loved that touch. Yeah. He's like, there's going to be blood, so I'm going to have to wear these gloves straight away, so there's no point in me even messing around. And it just little touches like that, but even like the mwah, creme de la creme, Champa comes out to no music. Mm. The crowd is his music. He, the mega crowd, heat. Mega heat for Champa here. I did see someone post up on Twitter saying like, um, Champa's new theme music, Asshole, available now on Spotify. <laughs> Yeah, a lot, lot of naughty words. A lot of naughty said words said to Champa. Yeah, uh, asshole, you suck, and f, f you, you Champa, chance. And showing the British contingent out there, you're a wanker. <laughs> I thought was out there. The problem was that you didn't have then Jr. going like, oh, what's a, what's a wanker? Yes. What does that word mean? Great call. Cool. <laughs> uh, I, but my God, Champa looked in good shape. Good, didn't he? Just you Freaking want to talk? Hell. You know, you were talking about EC3 looking like an yeah. action figure earlier. Champa's conditioning, man. He just looks incredible yeah. shape. Different body types. EC3's like, like, yeah, just big and bodybuilder type. But Champa looked lean and scary. Yeah, and just like the addition of the hair, the chest hair, and the big beard. It was just like, great big bushy beard. I don't like to be near this man. <laughs> he looks like a psycho killer. It's, yeah, it's so good. What a great look. Uh, back to the referee because I've got some notes. Thank God he was wearing black because it sort of toned down his stupid tan. <laughs> Uh, which I've gone off on before, but I thought I can't remember the referee's names. Dr Dr something. I'm not sure. To He's be like the head referee in NXT, and he's the one that looks like a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. He was so good in this match. Uh, to like, and it's very similar to how Rudy Charles operates on the main roster, and how Red Shoes over in New Japan. Just like the the role of a referee is to not be seen, mm -hmm. but somehow they add to the action because you, you just it's this peripheral thing going on in there. And I was really paying attention to him just because I was really enjoying what he was doing. And because he has no power, this is an unsanctioned match. They kept putting it over. All he's doing is there to count three. There's no rope breaks. He can't count someone out for stomping someone in the corner. He can't disqualify people or take away the chair or a weapon when someone's trying to use it. But initially, he's, he goes to stop Gargano, but then he's like... 
he walks back and he's just like, I, I can't do I've anything. Got to let him go. And then ah, oh, there was such a good bit at, at the end when they're having this slugfest and trying to fight each other. And he was doing what I was saying. He's like, he was screaming at them, "Put your guard up! Put your guard up!" with yeah. his hands. And just it just adds to the story so much. And I, I do wish they they gave referees a bit more chance to to get involved like that, just as kind of like a a Greek chorus position yeah. to, to be in the ring. Absolutely, yeah. And it's like, so this match starts off and it's, yeah, Champa comes out to absolute silence, which is then punctuated mm. by Johnny Gargano's music hitting and the crowd just popping huge for it. Um, yeah, Dolph Ziggler could, um, I mean, poor old Dolph Ziggler. He's doing, <laughs> he's doing the same thing on the main roster, but no one really cares about it. But man, this is how you have a silent entrance. Mm. It's like Dudley Boys in ECW. You yes. don't, you don't have music. You're all here to have fun. We're not here to have fun. We're mm. here to beat people up and insult your mother. So we're just, you know, we're just going to walk to the ring, and you can just chant whatever you want as. Loved all of this presentation, and then just they just to- hockey punches right off the bat to start, and the crowd are into it from the like from the word go. The mm. crowd are so into this fight. Well, I. I well, thought yeah. the crowd sagged. It was a long match, 37 I th- minutes. I think it was because, and it's weird as well, because like I, on our prediction show, I said that if this is 5% as good as their Cruiserweight Classic match they had, it'll be an absolute, it'll be a five-star classic. That was, what I, I, and I'm quite stupid for saying that, really, because that's not what the, this match should have been. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't meant to be a wrestling match. It's a story match. It was, a sto- it was just meant to look like a fight. And I think the crowd were expe- almost felt like they were expecting mm. a wrestling match. They were expecting near falls. And it wasn't about near falls. Yeah. It wasn't about high spots. It wasn't about doing this and anything. It was about telling a story and just fighting each other. And I think it, the pockets of the crowd just weren't getting into that aspect of it. But eventually they did because everyone mm. was really into it by the end. But yeah, you are right. There were portions of this match where the crowd weren't really popping for anything. I would say large portions. I would say mm-hmm. for, for yeah. about half the match, about 20 minutes, you had the initially hot opening 10 and then the hot 7, 10 minutes at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I, I totally agree. And I, I think I should probably go and watch the match back. I think I'd enjoy it more because I'm one of those people. Weirdly in my head... Uh, and, you know, they never told me to expect a wrestling match. No, they exactly, kept yeah. on saying a brawl, a brawl, a brawl. But in my head, I'm thinking, I can't wait for the second coming of Dunbait. Yeah. I can't wait for Gargano Almas again. You know, like, I thought it was going to be that kind of wrestling exactly. match. Exactly. But it was not. It was it was what they, it was an unsanctioned fight. This isn't that match. They can have that match, but I think they've left enough enough in the tank to have that match yeah, six months down the line. Now is not the time to do that match. And as I said, that's why I was an, an, a classic idiot for saying that yeah. on the prediction show because that's not the match that this needed to be. And I'm so happy that it was this. But again, like, like you, it took me a little while to kind of click into that mode. T- to be honest, it took me until the last 10 minutes. Oh, yeah? To, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I was, you know, I was just watching it and because the and the first uh, near fall came about 25 minutes in. Mm. But that's the nature of the match. Again, it's like, yeah, that it's my fault. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the match more. Yeah, it's not the match's fault. Anyway, so Johnny's doing the stomping in the corner as, mm. he, as you said earlier, and he, and he just won't stop. Topé suicided by Gargano, and Champa's knocked over the guardrail. Big dive by Johnny. Like Johnny is just 
trying to just hurt Champer and he just like it's all this pent up rage that he's got mm. um, uh, and then we get this part where like Champer literally throws Johnny Gargano into the commentators and usually at these commentator spots everyone's already stood up everyone's already moved to the side this felt so chaotic mm. this felt that it was just it was vicious and it came out of nowhere because he just and then the commentary goes dead Percy doesn't do anything Nigel is on his own for a while Mar- and, they, and he's, you can hear people going like testing testing are yeah, we yeah. still on I think it's probably all staged, but it sounded real and it just it added more to it. When Johnny Gargano got thrown over the commentator's table, the crowd chanted "Mamma Mia!" Yes, <laughs> love that. That was a great chant. Yeah, uh, and straight off of that, uh, Gargano picks up Champa on the table. He's going to do like a look like a power driver because WWE can do it this weekend, <laughs> uh, but he didn't clear the table. And even though we're, we're we've usually said. Why do they clear the table? They're trying to hurt people. Why would you take out the monitors before you put someone through an announcer's table? Here I was, oh my God, take the monitors out. <laughs> Someone's going to get hurt. Because there was an iPad directly under where Champa's head was. Yeah. And I thought, he's going to get glass in his eye. Because of, I'm thinking of, I've got McGregor in my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they didn't do that spot. Instead, they did something that looked more brutal, which was a suplex off the t- A real oh fast suplex God. off the table from Champa oh. onto Gargano. But Champa sold it more. Uh, it seemed like he had landed on the back of his head. Oh man, selling. that looked like it sucked. Like uh, it looked so brutal. Mm. But it feels like it felt it was such a different kind of match from everything else on the card. And that's the great thing about NXT shows. They do vary up a lot. Uh, Shane McMahon, a wild Shane McMahon in the crowd. Oh, was did that? you spot him? No, I didn't see yeah, him. He was right by ringside with his sons. Oh, really? Yeah, I he was did not sweaty see- and he was he was saying, <laughs> "What up, New Orleans?" Did you not hear him? No, yeah, yeah, he was doing no. that a lot. <laughs> Uh, so then we had Champa just sits on the desk cross-legged for a while just mm. like and the crowd are just giving him heat F you Champa chant again uh, and the referee then he gets him a submission in I can't remember what Clover it was Leaf. Cloverleaf and the, the referee's like I can't break the count I can't break it there's no ring breaks yeah uh, I've written here there are no rules at last someone gets it yeah really great use of the unsanctioned cons- unsanctioned concept and then uh, Champa stamps um, Johnny's head and applauds himself almost like Woken Matt Hardy <laughs> style of just being like yes just really enjoying it so, so then comes one of the weirder parts yeah I thought this was really weird as well they had a pl- I, yeah, uh, yeah uh, this is the bit I, I don't like I think you'd have had a much better if you'd have just had it under the ring yeah. like Champa had put it there earlier it makes Specific, total sense makes total sense for it but they have a plant in the audience wearing a Johnny Wrestling t-shirt on crutches who wasn't set up like he wasn't shown beforehand yeah. there wasn't any interaction before that it was just like oh here's this guy yeah yeah. and I and I kind of get it from a storytelling perspective because Johnny is a, he's a man of the people he's yeah. the wrestler's wrestler you know wrestling fans wrestler and he's a Johnny Gargano fan and he's taking this crutch oh boo what a heel but for me, I I think the visual would have worked better of of him like just throwing up the ring apron, searching around, grabbing it and lifting it up and yeah. let the crowd react to yeah. it. This uh, this didn't work for me. Not un- just the visual, but the storytelling. Yes. Like, it, it would it would be a better story if Champa had brought these the, these crutches, the weapon that you've been using. Rather than just get it from someone at the crowd, it's a bit of a Deus Ex Machina. I agree. Yeah, uh, but at least he did the wave. You could you could say. It was a booking crutch. Oh, hello, hello. Usually you have to pay extra for that sort of stuff on the Patreon <laughs> podcast. Free. <laughs> uh, so Gargano dodges all these crutch attacks, though, and takes out Champa. Champa goes for this. Oh, oh, earlier. Sorry, Champa had ripped up 
are part of the protective mats yes. from the the outside area. God, I forgot how cold and concrete that outside bit looks. Yep. With no give. Oh, no. Uh, because this turned into Gargano powerbombing oh, Champa onto God. that off the apron. That thud. <clears throat> he took it really well. Oh, that He took thud. it. And it was like, because it wasn't, he didn't raise him. It was like directly down. The, the sort of arc that Champa followed was as small as it could be to, to protect him. Uh and he, he took it, like it's always going to be a big thud, but it seemed like he took it all on his back, and uh, not the not yeah. the head. Like yeah. there was no whiplash. I thought it was done really well. It was and, and relatively safely. Yeah, yeah, as as safe as you can get it. But yeah. man, like it was just that sound is sickening. Like it really makes you it makes your stomach churn a little bit. And that was followed up from the crowd by a "You deserve <laughs> it" chant. <laughs> and Moro goes, "You know what? I've got to agree. I've got to agree with the crowd." And Nigel. Then just I'm going, yeah, screw you, Champa. Nigel just adds this extra layer. He goes, as a former competitor, that doesn't make me... I, I'm not happy with that. Yeah. Like, I just I just want this match to be over as soon as possible. This isn't this isn't enjoyable. No. Like, and I was like, ah, now I've got different emotions for the match. I'm yeah. just... It's not just about revenge anymore. It's about how just hate has corrupted not just Champa, but it's corrupting Gargano too, which... <laughs> goes into the end bit as well so then they both go for the crutch they're back into the ring uh, and Johnny wins the battle um, and he uses the crutch onto Champa's knee uh, but Champa still manages to duck him out of the uh, out, out of the ropes and then you get the slingshot DDT mm. <laughs> uh, oh mate uh, and then you get uh, Gargano exposing the turnbuckle and he tries to lawn dance uh, lawn dart Champa into it but Champa reverses um and then you get oh this was great so he throws him out onto the apron and he goes to like run at him to do his slingshot spear that he likes to do mm-hmm. boom knee to the face yeah. oh so good you know kick to the head it's Nicky approved mm. I like yeah, uh, that's great so the the bit when they're both reaching for the, the crutch that was about 25 minutes in that was the first time I realised ah oh, yeah the crowd the crowd should be going crazy yeah, for that, for that spot, spot but yeah. they were like no, it was, there, there was nothing really. Yeah, uh, and then there was a we we want tables chance. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I've written here. Yeah, the crowd are so concerned for these guys that yeah, they're trying to we want tables. It's like you didn't hear two sweets in much because everyone was so into the near falls. Uh, and it's like as soon as you chant we want tables, it's like you're not invested in the match. You are, you know, you're, you're thinking about other stuff. And maybe it's because what you said earlier, which I think yeah. is probably the reason. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, people were expecting a, they were expecting. A WWE street fight, which is you just get various weapons out. You get you do your big spots and things like that. Oh no, I didn't mean that. I think the crowd thought we were getting yeah, yeah. like I did a a classic wrestling match, and because that wasn't happening, they got kind of out mm, of yeah, it, yeah. and okay. then they just started chanting for stuff because yeah. you know it's late in the night, and we all in like we all like a few bevies. <laughs> At a wrestling show, certainly we do. So then there was a reverse Rana from Johnny Gargano, but it was actually him just throwing his own head into the ground. <laughs> yep. And there were a few botches here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't the slickest match. Like no. Almas and Gargano was was faultless, but uh, this this was a pretty not botchtastic, but it wasn't as slick as it could be. So we uh, Gargano locks in the uh, the Gargano escape. Um, Champa gets to the ropes, but obviously that doesn't really matter or anything. And then uh, Gargano rolls him back in, uh, but Champa rakes the eyes as hard as he possibly can. Uh, gouged, to, it, gouged, yeah, to, to get out of this move. Um, Champa then takes off some of his wrist tape and mm. starts choking uh, Johnny with it. They do a Bouye jumping spot. And well, I, then- sorry, I really like that tape bit mm. because 
it's just it's such a nice physical storytelling spot again because Gar- Gargano's grabbed one side of the tape so Champa can't use it and it looks like they're handcuffed like yeah. they're, they're both tied together with these with the tape and they're doing the yay boo stuff and it just sums up everything they are they are caught together in this in this feud but they were brothers really nice f- physical display of of the narrative but then we get a dick kick so yes um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another dick kick. Another dick kick. Crutch shot to the back. Powerbomb into the knees for a great near fall. And this is where I've noticed that the crowd is now on their feet. And now mm. this is, as you said, last sort of seven minutes or so, this is when the crowd really started to kind of pick well, up. That's when the near fall the... started to yeah, come. I don't it, know if that's part of it. I, I, I think you're, you're probably right. Um, and then there's like just lots of slaps and yeah. oh, wonderful stuff. You get the lawn dart into the exposed um, turnbuckle. The DIY kick. They do the, he does the pose. Great kick out. The crowd is in disbelief. Yeah, well... That's another tiny bit of criticism. Mm. Uh, because great exposed turnbuckle lawn dart, great super kick, another great super kick, Champa kick out. I was like, that was a great near fall. You don't see Gargano's reaction because as soon as that kick out happens, it's showing me someone in the crowd. <laughs> and that, for once, the, the person was reacting the right way. They weren't just on their phone like they sometimes are on Raw. But I didn't want to see that guy. I want to see Gargano be like, oh, what do I have to do? These crowd reaction shots, individual crowd reaction shots, need to need to go away. As a great example, as a great comparison piece, you remember where it, maybe it's because we've just reviewed WrestleMania 25, mm. but when Taker hits that tombstone and Shawn Michaels yes. kicks out and you get that zoom in on Undertaker's face of disbelief where he's like, oh no. His, like, eyes, are his eyes are bulging. It's a famous image. You'll yeah. Just search Undertaker Shawn Michaels and that image will come up. But imagine if you've after that you'd have cut to someone in the crowd instead mm. going, "Oh my god!" Like it's yeah. not as effective as Undertaker selling that instead. I mean, you, you occasionally you strike gold. Occasionally you get the Mizgel. Occasionally you get the <laughs> yep. guy when the Undertaker's streak ended. But that hit rate is very low. Just yeah. and and why would you want to put the focus on people in the crowd when you can get your performers over even more? If they're so concerned about the crowd only having so much heat or like pops in them I don't know I don't know there's a I thought the crowd is nitpicking I thought the crowd were really interesting here as well because it almost felt like they just had no idea what was going to be happening next Mm. because the crowd almost it became murmurs it almost became that you're talking to the person next to you being like I have no idea what's gonna happen and it was it was a really interesting reaction it's not a typical wrestling reaction where it was like going hey it was almost like oh my god I don't know what's gonna happen I genuinely don't know what's going to happen next um, we then get some. Uh, so Gargano is on the top rope, and they do some punches, and then he does his power bomb into the knees, off the top. I don't know if it was off the top rope. It was off the second rope, I believe. Project Champ. Project Champ. Yeah. yeah. And it was another great kickout spot there. Yeah. I genuinely thought that was the end. Mm-hmm. I totally bought into that as the finish. And then Champa exposes his own knee. He takes off his knee brace, and um, he goes to... Uh, I don't know what he was going to do to um, Gargano. Probably was a knee. Probably, knee probably, yeah, it's probably a knee to the head. But Gargano just smashes the brace into his injured knee, or his previously injured knee. He grabs the crutch. I, I love this ending. Yeah. This ending is so cool because he grabs the crutch and he snaps it in half. And it looks like he's planning on stabbing uh, Champa because he just holds it. And the commentator is like... This is getting a bit. It's getting, getting a bit yeah, much now. I, I didn't know what he was doing when he snapped it in half. I was like, "Well, are you gonna? Why would you snap it in half? Are you gonna? Does it give you more momentum?" I had no idea he was gonna turn round and try and impale Chamber's head on it. Like that's that's where this feud has gone into, and that's th- th- this is the best part of the match, and mm. probably 
the best thing on the show this last bit because it's just beautiful gargano goes goes for that that spike shot but he stops and he realizes what he's done and that like that is when champa loses mm-hmm. champa loses there he doesn't get pinned for another 2 minutes and he still tries to get one up but that is the moment he he crushes inside because champa is just looking up at him and they they're staring at each other for ages aren't they mm-hmm. gargano like slowly lowers the th- the, the brace realising what he's become the crutch and Champa himself is sad Champa's facials are incredible here he just looks so tormented I have no idea what personal torment he's drawing on there but it was so realistic and then Gargano just sits down next to Champa and they're just both there it's the Cruiserweight Classic all over again yeah love this but Champa is still evil and he got the knee brace and went for Gargano but you know it was it was half-hearted like the, I th- he lost in that moment when he realised and he saw what they both become, and that's as soon as he went for the the knee brace strike, mm-hmm. Gargano countered it into a submission. Uh, the, not Gargano escape, but then he turned it into like an STF with the knee brace on the on the bad knee with the knee brace in the cross face position, and Chamber tapped out immediately, and he taps out immediately because, it, like I said, he's already lost. Uh, incredible incredible as i said it on twitter last night i've never been more happy to be wrong about getting a prediction wrong <laughs> like I, this it was such a perfect ending to this match because we both said we both went with champa yeah. but like I, it was just a, such a great ending and like it's it's a match that at the time of watching i i i, I was in that mode of just like it wasn't the match i was expecting and i think you're right i think i i do need to go back and rewatch this match because the more I think mm. about it, the more I love every single element of this and just really enjoy the story and the match that they put together. It it just it wasn't what I was expecting, and that is my fault. Mm. But it is it was such a beautifully told match, and I was just like, it's as I said, the more I think about it, the more I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Candice LeRae comes down at the end, celebrates with Gargano. Gargano has got his job back, of course. But you know what? I've been I've been poisoned too many times by these NXT copyright logos. And I was like, Candice isn't turning on. <laughs> Is she? <laughs> no Candice. So uh what what a show. What a show. What uh, a tremendous like every every match apart from the women's match. And even that like had a really good story. Uh but you know, the the, the ti- NXT title change almost feels like that was ages ago, but that's a huge thing. Alistair Black is the champion. That's enormous. We got a fantastic ladder match with Adam Cole uh, becoming the inaugural North American champion. We got a the title change with Shayna Baszler. We got Roderick Strong siding and with Undisputed Era and creating a new faction there. And we got Gargano getting the feel-good victory and reinstated into 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 NXT like what what and like everything paid off very yeah. well and set up interesting directions for the future Brian Alvarez once said that he's never seen a bad takeover and that streak continues like I've never I've never seen a bad takeover show I've never I've- seen an average takeover no show. It, absolutely everything not. is everything is above average to excellent and here we are once again as wrestling fans <laughs> Just as soon as NXT TakeOver show finishes, you just look at the the show that's coming the night after the main roster show and you're just like, you can't follow it. Mm. You mm. you cannot follow it. You have got 13 matches with some of the biggest stars on the planet. You can't follow that show. Mm. It's it's Well, and you, you could try, but you're going to really, really struggle because yeah. holy hell... What a ma- what a what a show overall. This Loved was it. it's in awe. It yeah, is it's in, in awe. awe 
five out well, of five. Smack damn. Mate, what a show! I'm, I mean, I know I said at the start that I was going to go and watch Ring of Honor, and I was going to go and watch Evolve, and I was going to try and catch... I, I want to watch Spring Break as well. I just kind of want to watch some of that NXT stuff again. Yeah. Or maybe I'd want to give it a couple of days and then re uh, return to it post-mania. I, I just want to watch that strong heel turn again, and a bit of the strong... Uh, sorry, not strong, but the Dun O'Reilly stuff. Yeah. Loved. Uh, so, yes, we've got some iTunes reviews before we get out of here. Uh, where were we? I have all... There it is. Papa Yaman writes, uh, You guys are great. Can't wait until you guys marry each other. Totally ship it. What does that mean? Ship it is... Um, it, it's an internet thing when people write fan fiction about... Really? Um, fictional characters. Because um, it's sort of like a relationship. So you're shipping uh... people together that might not be going together. So, like, um, it, on Arrow, there was, like, a trend of people writing... Um, stuff between uh oliver queen and oh god what was her character's name felicity i think it was or something like that mm. so they called it olicity that's like olicity right. shipping um with lolly yeah i think that's what we were going with but yeah so that that is what their shipping is my uh my wife introduced me to we didn't give him a cheap pop by the way uh thank oh, you very thank much. you pa papaya man 2247 um, uh she introduced me to video shipping which wow. is where people cut together trailers for like movies mm. that don't exist she showed me one that she absolutely loves and i know she loves it because she's watched it multiple times i've seen her watch it multiple times as well because she's shown other people apart from me and i've this been in weird. the room at the same time she she loves this it, it's a fake movie trailer for a prequel to harry potter uh, about his parents meeting at mm. school and falling in love with i think karen gillen as his mum and some other lads. Oh, um, Quicksilver. What's his name? Aaron Taylor Johnson. Really? Yeah, because they they've got they were both in separate films where it looks like they're wearing the same school uniform, and they've cut this together like scenes from these two separate films where it genuinely looks like and like there's stuff from Doctor Who and stuff, and it genuinely does look like it's the exact same film. So that that that's that screams crazy to me. <laughs> but then like. Does me going, oh my god, you've got to watch this WrestleMania Infinity War trailer. Does that scream crazy to... I guess that that sounds like the lady version of the thrill I get from uh, Avengers WrestleMania War. Perhaps. Yeah. I saw the trailer for Infinity War again at the cinema god, last night. Good. I'm Well, now I'm worried because I don't think they're press screening it. Mm. Um, they're only showing like select clips. And in fact, they were doing that today. Um, and... So that means they're like, okay, cool. I'll go and see it on the 26th then, which is that's when it's out, it's out on the 26th. It's my mum's birthday. Oh no, me and Hansel are going to see, uh, we're going to a stand up gig on the 26th. Oh, so we can't do it then. Sorry, we're going on the 27th. Oh no, we're going to Hastings on the 27th. Mate. Which, and then I was like, well, that's two days then that it's been out. Mm. Can I convince my wife for us to go to the cinema while we're in Hastings? Or is that. Is that too much of a thing to, to ask? Like, I, it's we're, we're Infinity to... War, man. I well, think it's a given. She's probably already thought it. <laughs> I don't know. I, my worry is that it's going to be like four days and I won't have seen it yet. And you know what will happen? I'll, some bugger will tell me stuff that happens. Mm. Well, it'll be all over the YouTube comments. Some lovely people will just say, so-and-so dies. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. dicks do that, man? I remember having an argument with someone on Twitter saying, like, oh, well, people spoil wrestling matches on mm. Twitter. It's like, well, not, that's a live thing. It's a live medium. Mm. Like, you don't say, like, oh, you sport the football result for me. No, because it's a live thing. But a film is a very different... This is uh, during 
uh, Last Jedi when people were posting up all the Last Jedi spoilers in YouTube comments. I think it's a real dick move. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and Bach A writes best podcast about anything ever in brackets. Don't deny it, guys. I will. Uh, they write, thank you, Luke and Dolly. This podcast gives me a will to live. Oh, wow. That's, that is more responsibility on us. Yep. Uh, and then two thumbs up emojis. Best part of my day is hearing you guys ramble. Stay swaft. You guys also brought me into New Japan and Ring of Honor. Thank you guys for the constant entertainment and laughs. I would give you five and a half stars, but you are not in the Tokyo Dome. Andy. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Thank you very much. Well, that's all we've got time for, because I've got to go and make some videos. You've got to prep yourself for mania. I certainly have. I'm going to try and go to bed at 9 and nine p.m. tonight. I'm going to have a bath. Yeah. I'm going to put some candles up. No screens after 8 p.m. Oh, well, uh, that's quite a good thing to do, yes. actually. Yeah, my wife and I are trying to get into a very similar thing. Although we go to bed at 9 and read for a bit, and then... Um, I'm trying to be asleep at 9 o'clock so I can get up at 3 a.m. That's a good six-hour sleep, I suppose. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, not, my, that's a pretty good Whether shirt. it works. Well, different, that's a different matter. Um, very quickly, I can highly recommend Blockers, and I'll highly recommend A Quiet Place. Maybe I'll give some more in-depth thoughts mm. about those on tomorrow's show. <laughs> a little tease for you there. But also, it's WrestleMania! So WrestleMania... Uh, review will be with you tomorrow and then the Raw after Mania the day after and Smackdown after Mania the day after that. Next four days it's more ramble than ever. I love you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.